What is up, everybody? This is episode 129 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minson and Rich Howe. How are you doing tonight, Rich? We are back for another episode. It feels like it's been forever, and I'm like, preseason starts in like a week, right? Has it been that long? Is that what? It has Like, been we got preseason long. games coming up? Anything? Nothing? Uh, no. But Bummer. we are watching the playoffs. We, we, are, we watching are watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're very exciting. Yes, they are. I will give you that. Very exciting. We lots took a little bit of a break. Of we took a little bit of a break. Uh, we had to uh, calm down a little bit after watching the uh, Freds get swept. Uh, yeah, we all needed a little bit of time from that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was rough to watch, but uh, the, our last episode of Catfish on Ice, <laughs> we were watching live the Preds get swept. Yeah, so and we had been going. This, this so is how literally many, our this is our first episode back. Since it is. Yeah, and we had done let's see not the game before. That's the one you went to, but the game before that was we watched that whole thing as well and we're up till 1:30 in the morning and and then the very last game we were up late and we were just kind of like ugh. Ugh. Bummer. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a rough stretch there for the uh, Catfish and Ice podcast and also the Nashville Predators uh, franchise, might I add, uh, because we did two live episodes of the Preds playoffs games and um, they Absolutely. both ended very badly, but it's okay because uh, we're back for you. Episode 129 presented by DraftKings and also part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Minton and Rich Howe, we are going to hit the top storylines of the first line, first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as they mm-hmm. are over. The second round is starting tonight, Rich. And we Playing got right the now. battle for Florida. Battle for Florida. Uh, Florida Panthers versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know you're not happy about it, but Rich, I tried to tell you, Rich, I tried to tell you that the Tampa Bay Lightning would beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. You wouldn't believe me. You wouldn't believe me. I didn't want – I think I just didn't want to believe it. But, you know, that's just how it is. What are you going to do? And do we need to look uh, back at the predictions? Did I say Tampa in seven? I want to say I did. I said Leafs in seven, I believe. Hey, we very guess close. Lindsay, our friend Lindsay is here. She says she's stressed. I'm sure she is. She asked, how are we doing – we are great. We're doing good. We're doing she said, good. Lindsay, you thank guys. You we missed you too. And we missed you, Lindsay. We love Justin you. is here. Justin has jumped in. Hello, Justin. Our friend Justin is here, which is awesome. We appreciate that. You all getting in. So here. before we get into the episode, episode 129, the first episode of the offseason. Yeah. It's crazy. Not fun to say that, but it is the first episode of the off season, and um, first I gotta say we got some new shirts out. I'm wearing one. We're gonna That's make awesome. more later in this off season. We're gonna make a bunch of them. We just gotta wait for demand. But bang, bang t-shirts right there. See them? So awesome. Yeah, yeah. Looks so cool. So uh, our awesome listeners, including Lindsay and Justin, who just chimed in on the chat on YouTube and Twitter, mm-hmm. 
they came up with this awesome thing where every time the Preds score during a live episode where we're following a game, they yell bang. And so I was like, that would be great on a t-shirt, like a bang t-shirt. And so we came up with it. So here it is right here. I'm wearing one of them. So we got a few, we got a few left. We're going to do some giveaways later this week. So uh, stay tuned for that. I will make sure that all of our listeners uh, that have been following this show since the start of it will get one. Yep. We will make sure of that. But um, we're going to make a, as many. We're going to go by demand. Yep. We're also going to have another giveaway soon. I have a really cool hat that we can give away. Um, it's pretty neat. It's, a, it's brand new. Yeah. Brand new Preds hat. It's pretty cool. So uh, there you go. We we'll got some catfish and ice podcast hats as well that we can make more of if people want them. There's some nice hats. Kyle yep. Perkins is going to be joining us very, very soon. Later yep. in this episode, Kyle Perkins was showing off his hat. Kyle Perkins also contributes to uh, Renegades of Puck, which is another great uh, local podcast that covers the Preds. So um, yeah, Justin Gambino says bang. Lindsay says Lindsay bang, bang and we have bang t-shirts. So there you go. That's right. Yeah. So, sure. uh, yeah. Episode 129, everybody. This is what we're getting into. Crazy. We have to talk about when it comes to the Preds, we are going to take an early look at the free agents mm. for this off season, the 2022 free agents. And, we are going to talk about players that I know this sounds negative, but we had to do it. Players that shouldn't be back next season. Say your goodbyes. Say your goodbyes. Say, hey, it was nice knowing you. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for being a part of the team. We wish you well, but we don't, don't let want the door you hit back. you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I would throw that in there. That seems kind of mean, Rich. That That seems kind of rude. I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, don't let the the door hit you on the way out. Yeah, as Rich just said. Uh, But seriously, (laughs) we are going to look over these players. There's a lot of role players. And then, of course, the elephant in the room is Philip Forsberg. He's not going to be included in that. We want him back. We want Philip Forsberg back. Yeah. I guess that'll get figured out soon. What is it? They have till July, right? Is that out? Uh, when the, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's going to sneak up on us. Mm-hmm. And then um, also, all that's happened since the Preds got eliminated. I'm sorry, but if you get on Preds social media, all you see is like pitchforks when it comes to fire. David Poyle yeah. and John Hines. Mm-hmm. Pitchforks, and, fire. Hold on, yeah. yards. Yes. The and I got to say, angry. I got to say that I, I'm not holding the pitchfork necessarily, but I understand their anger. I do. I really you're, do. You're, you're one of the villagers in the back just pointing, going, yeah. You're not up front with the pitchforks and the flames. You're just kind of egging them on. Well, you know I get it, it, though. I get their anger. I get it. Because, I, get it too. I mean, you're talking about the same general manager that's ever been a general manager of this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And you're talking about a coach who's never a all due respect to John Hines. 
he has never accomplished anything in this league as a head coach. Not yet. And you see, no. you see accomplished head coaches get fired for way less in this league. Am I not wrong, yeah. Rich? You are not. One just you got just fired saw Pete the other DeBoer. day. <laughs> yeah, Pete DeBoer just got fired today. Yep. First year that the um, Vegas Golden Knights haven't made the playoffs and they kicked him to the curb. So, And you're never – yeah, I mean, I'm never going to be in the business to, to uh, tell someone to lose their job. And, like, no. I mean, we're, they're all working hard here. They're all good people. But at, at some point, the Preds franchise is going to have to decide that they either, A, want to be a Stanley Cup contender, or, B, they're just going to be a middle-of-the-road team that makes the playoffs every year. Yay, we get a couple home games on lower Broadway, that's great. Yay, let's all have a party. But it's it's, it's totally fair for all these fans to want more. It's totally fair. It, it is. Un- yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't th- – <laughs> it's so weird. Like, you really have to put in the work to put together a Stanley Cup contending team. It takes years – the Predators do not and have not done that work to put together a Stanley Cup contending team. And to do that work, you have to go through some rough spells. And unfortunately, I don't think the fan base can uh, would be willing to go through the rough spells to, to put it together a team, unfortunately. So the Predators, unfortunately, are in the middle of the road, exactly like you said. And until they start making some kind of changes, I think that's just where they're going to be. Not good enough yeah. to contend, not bad enough to get picks. So so we will get into the uh, David Poyle-John Hines debate that's really heated up. Chris Mason, our very awesome analyst, oh. former goaltender of this franchise, uh, he got mixed in with the uh, unnamed local <laughs> radio host. It did. That a lot of people don't like. Um, but yeah. Is it fair? Is it foul to be asking for more? And there's there's a split debate on this, like for real. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people who want John Hines fired. There's a lot of people that want David Poyle fired, but there's people in the other camp that think, no, let's let's just like move forward. I'll tell you my my side right now. I I followed this team since like yeah. year two, I, I will tell you year one, I didn't know a lot about hockey and I didn't follow the team, but I was yeah. living in Nashville. I'm a Nashville native. And I can tell you that I've been following the team since Paul Korea came on this team for sure. And I can tell you that it is totally valid for fans to be upset right now and to want a change. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but if David Poyle goes, John Hines goes with him. That's just how it has to go. I'm sorry. But um, we will save that for later. We will also have Kyle Perkins in on that debate. And we are going to look back also at our first-round predictions and see how we did, Rich. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know. I have to look first, I don't even remember what I said. Let, before Kyle joins us here in a little bit, let's really, now that we've cooled off a little bit, Let's let's think more about the Preds getting swept and how we feel about it. 
I'll talk first, and then we'll go to we'll go to Rich. Here, here the dust has settled a little bit, and I'm really thinking about it. And I'm like, all right, they got swept. They probably ran against one of the best teams in the league. Uh, that's debatable though, because there's a lot of good teams in the Eastern Conference right now. So that's very debatable. Yes, but. I watched that Dallas Calgary series, Rich. I watched it and I'm thinking what how would the Preds have performed if they were playing against either the Stars or the Flames? Let me ask you that, Rich. What do you think about that? Just hypothetically speaking. I think they would have maybe won a game or two, but I think the result would have been the same. Um, with the goaltending, having the issues with that. Um, I just, I mean, um, Connor Ingram came in and did an excellent job for what he had to do, but I just, I just don't without the guy, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm confusing myself here. So without the, without the, the stars stepping up, there was, you know, Matt Duchesne obviously did Forsberg had one goal. I think we the last time we talked, Ryan Johansson wound up with like two shots for the entire series. Roman yeah. Yossi, I don't want to say he wasn't there, but he wasn't there as much as he should have been. When those guys have not good games, there's nobody behind them to step up to fill the void except for Yakov Trenin, apparently. Um, so I, I just I just don't think they're they're rounded enough to, and they don't have deep enough scoring to make any kind of playoff push. And I think they would have eventually lost to, to whoever, but unfortunately they ran up against the buzzsaw that is Colorado. So, yeah. See, here's my thing. Everyone wants to say, Oh, well, if they would have, they want to point to the Arizona game because they blew that lead, right? They were up four nothing in the season finale if they just get a point in that last game of the regular One. season, then they're playing Calgary in the first round. But mm-hmm. do we really think that they would beat Calgary in the first round? I mean, no, I don't. I really – I mean, unfortunately, I don't. I just I just don't think it's going to be possible. Dallas they, played well. They apparently. wouldn't have gotten swept. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't have been swept. swept. They wouldn't. Maybe. Have. I will give you that. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, they wouldn't have been swept. I mean, they probably would have taken two games against Calgary, I think. They would have I lost think, in six. We would still be sitting here with the same results, the same yeah. old thing, and um, it's getting yeah. old. I'm sorry. It's getting old. It really is. Like, it's yeah. it's very – for me, it's, it's a tired – like, particip- it's a participation trophy right now at this point. Yeah. It's literally like, okay, congratulations – Pat on the back. You made the playoffs. Should mm-hmm. we be happy about that? No, we should not. I'm sorry. This franchise yeah. has been around for too long. They've done too much. You've seen too many great players come in and out of this organization. There's still some outstanding elite players on this team, one of which you might lose. And Maybe. yet, and yet, we're supposed to be satisfied. And I love Chris Mason. And he knows mm-hmm. way more than me about hockey, obviously. Right. But I don't. He also works for the team. 
He does. He can't say everything he nope. wants to say. Absolutely not. He can't. He can't. Uh, the, and politi- the politics of it does come into play here. It does. And, and I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. No. No, you go ahead, Rich. I was just going to say real quick about, about that. He can't say anything, and it's not fair for the fans to get upset at him because he can't say anything. Well, it's that's not true, fair. too. I agree not, with that. You cannot hold that against that dude. That is his job. If you went into your job tomorrow and you're like, this place sucks and I hate whatever, they need to do this, they would let you go. And that is exactly what would happen to him. Well, <laughs> I agree sorry. with that. I'm sorry. No, I don't Rich, agree, I do with, agree with you. I don't agree with everything he says, obviously, but I I do know that he can't just rail on him like he wants to. I'm sure. No, and I and I agree with that too, Rich. I do. What you're saying is absolutely true, yeah. and I don't think Chris Mason. So he got an art. He he he's <laughs> he's been uh, interacting with a lot of people on social media. He went on the Jared Stillman show, the afternoon show with yep. Caroline Fenton. Uh, it's called uh, what's it called Stillman and Company or something like yeah. that. It should be it should Caroline Fenton and Company. That's what I was going to um, say. Either way, Caroline. Yeah, so Caroline Fenton has been on our show before, and she's amazing. And yep. um, but he came on that show, and you can go back and look at the social media mentions. But the point of the matter is that Chris Mason is one of the smartest people out there, and we are so lucky to have him. When he breaks down a game. Mm-hmm. you really get smarter. But at the same time, he can't say everything he probably wants to say mm-hmm. about this past season. Nope. But guess what? We're not affiliated with the team. Nope. So we can say what we want to say. So I'm going to say what I want to say about the team. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you that right now. And I can too. tell you right now that average should not be acceptable because I was not raised that way. I can promise you that right now. I was not raised to be to to be average and mm-hmm. uh no one should be acceptable with that no one should be no one should be satisfied with average and that's what the predators are i'm sorry that's what the predators are they are painfully average they are very like okay they're not the arizona coyotes okay nope. they keep pushing off this rebuild like they don't want to do it they're toting that line and that's the problem with David Poyle. I'm sorry. He's a great general manager, one of the best ever. Obviously, yep. he's the most winningest general manager of all time. Mm-hmm. But And he's done a lot of good things. I could point out plenty of great things he's done for this franchise. But at some point, it is totally fair to ask for a fresh vision, to ask for something new. It is. I agree 100. Um, like I was, I was saying earlier, it takes a long time to build a contender. Um, I was watching um, the last uh, first round game, the Tampa Bay and and Maple Leafs. I was talking uh, yeah. to my wife, and I was like, they started building like when they when Tampa Bay started building the team that won the first Stanley Cup a few years ago, they started back in like 2013 to put the pieces together to, to make that team. And they've moved people in and out. They moved, you know, Yanni Gord in and out a few other guys. Uh, that one guy went to the Rangers. Um, 
can't remember what his name is. Um, anyway, you know, they, they keep their core in place. They, they, they've been doing it for years and that that's what it takes. And the predators are not, they're not well there and they're not, and they don't, there's not anything on the horizon that makes me feel that they're going to move in that direction or that they're close to getting to the point to where they could contend a little more. There's just, well, it's not there. What's well, the point to that? It's all about their prospects and the, and the players were waiting to grow like Philip Tomasino and, um, and, and the players that haven't even touched the NHL ice yet players mm-hmm. that haven't even logged an NHL minute yet. Yep. So we're still thinking about those players, but um, circling back a little bit to what you said about the uh, Tempe lightning and rebuilding and all that and going through things. Um, all you got to look at is the team that just swept you. And I really looked back on it and I, yep. it blew my mind. So mm-hmm. all you got to do is go back and look at the Colorado Avalanche in 2014. Yep. Look at them in that season and look at all the changes that that organization went through. Yep. They brought on Joe Sackick as their general manager, yep. NHL Hall of Famer as a player. They bring mm-hmm. him in. They get Jared Bedmar as their head coach after that. And then they had one season where they didn't make the playoffs. Yep. And then they played the Preds in the first round in 2018. Was that mm-hmm. 2018? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2018. Yep. And the Preds beat them in six games. That was the President's Trophy year for the Preds. The Preds beat them in six games, but I'm sorry. Everyone knew that – I knew at the time that the Avalanche were coming, that they were for real. And the Preds had to do everything they could to get out of that first-round series, and they were heavy favorites, heavy favorites. Yep. And, and then they lost, and yeah. then the Preds lost in seven games the next round to the Winnipeg Jets. We know how that ended, and then the rest is history. Yep. Then you lose the next season to the Dallas Stars in the first round. Then you lose in the Stanley Cup qualifiers to the Coyotes. Yeah, we can go on and on about the first-round failures. But yep. I'm telling you, the Avalanche, look at how they built their team. Look at how they drafted, how mm-hmm. they held on to their superstars. And – that's your blueprint, but it takes time. It takes time. Yes. It takes patience. And the That's Preds, right. the Preds just want to keep kicking the can down the road. That's what they want to do. Yep. That's what I was going to say. You look at what you just said. 2014, that was eight years ago. Eight years ago, they started building this team, the Colorado Avalanche, and and look where they are now. I mean, that's what you have to do. And I just don't think the blueprint is there – to make it happen. They didn't start, they didn't start six years ago. The Predators sure didn't. They, you know, they kept all these guys together thinking they were going to make some kind of miraculous run to the Stanley cup again. And um, they needed to start really in 2018 would have been a good, <laughs> a good, uh, a good starting point, you know, or, or even 2019, I would give them that. That would have been a good year to start. Um, but it doesn't look like any of that's ever going to happen. So how- now, so. Yeah. So how's everyone going to feel if next season the Preds make the playoffs again somehow? And then they all, yeah, nine straight playoff appearances. Oh, congratulations. You made nine in a row. Yeah. And then you lose in the first round again. I mean, when does this end? 
And that's kind of where I'm at with it is, okay, unless you just don't have any higher expectations for this franchise and you're just one of those fans where you're just happy to see, like, the team make it. And I really hope that that's not how this front office feels because if that's how they feel, then we're really doomed. I'm telling you right now, your 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 goal should be to win a Stanley Cup, especially in that position. And they're not doing it right now. They're really mm-hmm. not. Like I know everyone thought, oh, let's just make the playoffs. And everyone wants to always think about 2017. And as magical as 2017 was, and I was in it. I was in it. I was downtown hugging people on the sidewalks that I didn't know when we went to the cup. The night we beat the Ducks and we clinched and we were going to the Stanley Cup final, we didn't even know who our opponent was going to be yet. Yeah. We were hugging people. Like hugging random people. And I can tell you that that's a mirage at this point because that team was not a Stanley Cup team necessarily. They almost won. They went on a hot streak. Mm -hmm. But now you look back on it, if that if 2017 never happens, what would our expectations be different right now as a fan base? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it's kind of like you said. They did get hot at the right time, but it was kind of like it's like fool's gold. You know, it's like fool's gold. Yes, they they they, they did do that. But were they good enough to carry that into the next season? You know, they kept all those guys together to try to get that done. And, you know, obviously they were well, not. Good next enough. season they won the President's Trophy. They were a good yeah, regular season was, that's team. True. That's true. And they did go to the second round and, and whatnot. But um, yep. that's kind of where it breaks apart is right there. So, yep. um, Lindsay yeah, had so, a good point real quick. Let me put this up here. Will it ever? Will they ever go into a rebuild with Soros? And then Justin mentioned Roman Yossi as well. Yeah, that's another. That's another issue. Do you want to rebuild and waste three years? Well, of here's the deal. So <laughs> I don't think it has to be so black and white. I think that right. they can go. They can. They can go through a rebuild, but also still be competitive maximize their potential like i don't i'm not saying a full teardown they've already got a good young nucleus of players that can that can be good my my point is that they have to break away from their whole their whole style their whole philosophy is a front office and that might take a rebuild because if you break away from poil which is what so many people are asking for right now. Mm-hmm. You think that that new GM is going to walk in and just pick up where Poyle left off? No. That new no. general manager is going to walk in and want to do things the way he wants to do. He yep, or she wants to do. Absolutely. They're going to want to do what they want to do. Absolutely. As will a coach who, want, who would be coming in as well. Speaking so of- if, you're, if you really <laughs> want David Poyle out at this point, and then you better be ready for a rebuild because that new general manager is going to come in, and they're going to they're going to shake some things up. Yeah, because that's kind of what needs to happen. Well, for sure, and and, and that might mean that next season is going to be a rough season 
it might yeah, take some time. Yeah. You might have to take five steps back to take 10 steps forward, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Like that's what it's going to take. Yep. Here And speaking so, of, of rebuild, here's our friend uh, Kyle. Looks like he has got the right idea with, with his uh, logo behind him there. Bring up some of those guys to help out. They've been looking pretty decent. <laughs> been looking pretty decent. What's up, Kyle? How are you, fellas? Hey, come bring the Admirals to save us, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> they got a tough series coming up themselves, so it's it's going to be interesting. But at least so, Kyle, were you uh, Kyle, were you listening a little bit to our conversation before you came on? We were talking about the whole argument with Poyle and Hines, and we all know about um, this past couple weeks and how the fan base has basically turned on – uh, the whole front office and Heinz as well. And um, I want to get your thoughts on it, man, because honestly, I don't think some of these fans understand what a front office change really means for this franchise. If you break away from David Poyle, then for better or worse, I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I'm, I understand their frustration. I do. But if you do that, that new general manager is going to come in and they're going to want to do their own way. And they're going to, they're not afraid of a new general manager is not going to be afraid of sucking for a couple years because they're new. Mm -hmm. So you better be ready for it. So what do you think about that, Kyle? I think it would probably be a good thing. Uh, but then again, you look at it you got a new guy coming in. He has no loyalty to any of the players. So you're probably going to lose some of your favorite players. You're probably going to lose a lot of games. But then again, you could win a lot of games in a couple of years as well. So it's a hard thing to choose on that one. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I do think Paul has probably ran his course, though. And I, I don't want to get into that and ramble on about that, but. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the only—he's been the only general manager for this team since they've existed. So I, I don't think anyone's unfair for saying that. Like some people are are getting all defensive, saying acting like the guy's only been general manager for like five years or something. Like the dude's been here for a long time, and yeah. yes, he has accomplished a lot. Mm -hmm. No one is saying he's not, but you can you can say both both things can be true. You can say David Poyle is a successful, great general manager, one of the best of all time, but also say it's time to move on from him. Those, Both of those things can exist with each other. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And that's where I'm at with it. And so I do think this franchise needs a new vision, and I do think that they need a new person in there, just like any business that has a general manager – whether it's a restaurant or a anything, sometimes you need a new vision and a new leader. And yep. so that's mm -hmm. where I feel like the Preds are with this. And we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that David Poyle will be back next year. I think John Hines will be back, and it's going to be the status quo. Keep the status quo. There was Most a, likely. Yeah, there was a – they announced that they're going to um, – Poyle and Hines are going to have media availability on Thursday. And um, 
Adam Bingen tweeted out that this means that both of them will be back pretty much since it's a joint press conference. They like neither of them would be announced that the other is leaving or anything. So that's probably what it's going to be real quick though. Like if they do get rid of Poyle, you know that it's going to be like his son probably stepping in. And I don't know if that's enough of a vision shakeup. <laughs> it's kind of like, that's true. hopefully, yeah. hopefully, you know, he's being groomed for the job, but he, if he does get the job that he would be like, okay, my dad's made, put his name on this team. Now I'm going to put my name on this team. Maybe who knows? Hopefully that would be the case, but hopefully it wouldn't go into more of the same. So, cause that's probably, well, that's a good happen. point. And I mean, like, again, David Poyle's done a lot of good things for this team and he's made a lot of really good moves. Obviously he built this team from an expansion team. And this team has made the playoffs way more often than they have not. He's a lot of really good signings. He's really been particularly really good in his drafting. If you Mm -hmm. go back and look at some of the great draft picks that this franchise has made, they ended up being big-time franchise players. David Poyle did good in that job. Mm -hmm. David Poyle, in my opinion, has not done a great job in recent memory in his free agency signings and his big-time signings. I know that Matt Duchesne had a really great year this past year, but that's one season. We need to see more. Ryan Johansson has been, you know, pretty good, but Mm -hmm. he's also had his moments where he's not lived up to a top six center. And that was the trade for Seth Jones. Like, I'm just saying, like, you can go back and look at it and think, okay, there's been some questionable decisions. So um, we'll have to see what happens. I think so, too. My thing is, he went so hard and everything to win that cup back in 17 and 18 and 19. He sold off everything, all the assets. He's he's made all these trades, everything else, and it all burned him. Every move that he made during that era, besides, I would say, P.K. Subban. The Subban trade worked out pretty dang well. The both trading for and trading him away. I think both of those, that was executed pretty smoothly. But the tourist trade, all the other trades that were made in that time, he got burnt so bad, and I think he is scared to death of messing up that bad again. And since then, with his drafting, with his trades, everything has been so safe. Everything has been so low risk you look at the draft picks. He had the opportunity to draft uh, Atu Rati, um, who could be an amazing scorer, but there's that little bit of doubt, so he skips over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love Fyodor Svechkov. He is one of the most low-risk guys to be taken in that first round. Zachary LaRue was one of the most low-risk guys because they – you already knew that's this is what this guy is mm-hmm. they don't need to develop that much more this is what this guy's going to be so i think it's it's i think he's gun shy to the point of harming the franchise yep you're 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 right because they they make the playoffs and that's that's you know 
what, what's going to happen if they don't make the playoffs? You know, everybody's going to be mad. But now people are mad because they only make the first round. So he's kind of, you know, I think what you said. Well, exactly I right. will say I don't think David Poyle thinks. I mean, he probably thinks about the fans, but I also think that he's been around long enough to where that's not. I do think that David Poyle is a smart enough general manager mm-hmm. where he's not worried about the fans so much. That's true. And he is trying to build a team. I just don't know if his style and his philosophies work in today's NHL that has changed a lot since he's been around. David Poyle has been around for a long time to his credit because he is such a great GM and he has been one of the best GMs of all time. No one is taking that away from him. I, my criticism of David Poyle right now has nothing to do with everything he's achieved in this league. It's about 2022. Where do we sit right now? And sometimes it is time to bow out. Now, like I said, for all those fans that want to see that happen, just understand that that likely means that the Preds will go through a rebuild in some sort. Unless you get some type of magician that comes in here and just somehow fits some things together and everything worked out perfectly, which is not highly probable. And you're going to go through a massive switch over here. And it's probably going to mean that this team misses the playoffs a couple seasons in a row, which this fan base is not used to. Not used to. Yeah. And it's, so be careful, be careful what you wish for Smashville. Absolutely. Cause we've, we've talked about this before and it's kind of funny. Um, Everybody before um, when they got rid of Ryan Ellis and Victor Arvidsson, everybody was like, this team needs to change. They need to do this. So David Poole made some changes, and everybody's like, why did you get rid of Ellis and Arvidsson? That's not the changes that I meant. And it's like he just can't. You know, there's there's it's there's the no pleasing. Yeah. So it's like, well, there's no pleasing some people. Yeah. I was all no on board with that. I was I was on board with. I hope you're not directing that at me, Rich. No, uh, no, no. I was on board with you. I'm just too. kidding you. No, uh, I mean, it was tough. Not. It was tough to see Ryan Ellis go. I mean, oh, that yeah. was uh, ripping. I actually respected Poyle for making those tough decisions. I did too. Because um, it really mean- has nothing. It really has nothing to do with what Poyle can or cannot do. It's a matter of, yeah. He's been the only general manager for this team, and we're still not seeing the results we want to see. I mean, what other jobs can you work? I'm just going to leave it at this. What other job can you work in your life where you show no progress for that long? President, I mean, I I mean, Senator. Oh, we're not. We're all right. Let's leave politics out of this, Rich. But that's so true. That's That's so true. true. I'll leave it there. But, this um, is a good question we can answer real quick for Lindsay. We're, since we're on the topic, who are the options for general manager if they go that direction? Well, there's really only one option, and that would be David Poyle's son at the moment. So that's who uh, is kind of being slated to groom to take over that well, job. Wait, I was raising his hand. Kyle, who you got? Scott Nickel. Oh. Okay. General manager. He played for this team. So yeah. he's already in a management role. He is the assistant general manager. Uh, uh, he's another good choice if they want to stay in house. Yep. 
I would be. And that's that. likely what will happen if yep. for some great whenever that does happen, they're going to keep it in house most likely. Yeah. Um, that's just one of those things where, I mean, we can't really, it's really hard to speculate on who would be the new general manager. That's all stuff so kept in house mm-hmm. and the ownership group and it's multiple owners that own the Preds. And I mean, Nobody we can't really, are. it's really hard to know. <laughs> uh, but the whole, the whole point of the argument is whoever it is, maybe a fresh vision, a new vision, for because the NHL has changed so much since David Poyle originally became a general manager in this league. That's true. And so that's really what it comes down to. It's not a knock on David Poyle. It's just it's just the facts. You mm-hmm. know, like things change. Things change. You go off track record. You go off of a team in the Preds who have made the playoffs plenty of times. But if you take out that 2017 Stanley Cup run. This team is overwhelmingly failed in the playoffs. And you cannot and you cannot keep using, oh, well, we've only been a team since 1998. No. Not anymore. Check that stuff at check that at the door. Like I'm done hearing that. That argument was only valid like 10 years ago. I don't <laughs> want to hear that anymore. Yeah. So <clears throat> I mean, like I said, unless you're just satisfied with making it and getting a participation trophy, I'm done hearing it. All the arguments about David Poyle and wanting to move on from him are totally valid. Now, when it comes to John Hines, that's a more complex argument, in my opinion, because John Hines has been here way shorter amount of time, mm-hmm. and he is the head coach. But he came in in a very weird situation in January 2020. Yeah. January 2020. He was the third. He's only the third head coach of this entire franchise. Uh, And I think that John Hines, a lot of his criticism is held against him for his resume before he became Preds head coach. Am I fair to say that? Mm-hmm. You are, but it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous argument, but yeah. <laughs> Everyone points to his uh, days of being the New Jersey Devils head coach, right? Gosh, that horrible yeah. team. That team was terrible. They and were then, so bad. But I will say <laughs> that if David Poyle goes, John Hines has to go too. Now, it looks like neither one of them are going anywhere. So, But my point is, okay, John Hines, he had his first real full season this past season. And the mm-hmm. team overperformed. They made the playoffs. No one expected them to, including us. So I'm okay with John Hines sticking around. I'm not the mm-hmm. I'm not a firm believer that he's the that he's going to be the long term answer at head coach. Right. But uh what else are you gonna do right now? You're gonna fire him and then who are you gonna get? Like, I mean, you got Carl Taylor, everyone wants Carl Taylor. I know Kyle. I know you're high on Carl Taylor. I know a lot of people are because uh, he's done so many great things for the Milwaukee Admirals. He's developed a lot of this talent that's mm-hmm. actually for this team, this Preds team now. Yep. People, Dan Hino's another one. <laughs> everybody will mention him. And everybody, I think Carl Taylor would be a great NHL head coach, but I don't believe he's a magic bullet either. 
I think some people are thinking of him as like he's just going to walk in his job and any job and it's like, oh, they're automatically winners. It's like, no, probably nope. not. Um, I've had some really bad arguments with people over the last week over Hines. Um, <laughs> I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, and it's just all right. I most of the blame I, this year I would put eighty percent towards Paul, probably twenty percent towards Hines. Um, Paul, the makeup of the roster, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a big hill to overcome for your coach. Now, Hines, I'll give you that lineup decisions, playing uh, Cunning in the top six, playing Ben Harper as much as he did, uh, things like scratching Tolvanen, scratching Tomasino, stuff like that, that really irked me. But overall, as a coach, everybody's like, well, if LaViolette was still the coach, these this wouldn't happen, this wouldn't happen. If LaViolette was still the coach, Matt Duchesne might have stopped playing hockey by now. Uh, uh, Phil- Mikhail Granlin, same way for him. Yeah. Granlin, yeah. Uh, Philip Forsberg would not have scored 40 goals. Matt Duchesne would not have scored 40 goals. Uh, I just – the man took a team that was destined to compete with Arizona for a draft pick and made yep. the playoffs with them. And everybody's like, well, you've got – Soros was so good. Yossi was so good. Yeah. Uh, Duchesne, Forsberg were so good. How many people are on a hockey team? <laughs> exactly. More than what you just named. Five or six people do not make up a hockey team. Nope. Ask the Edmonton Oilers for the last forever. Ask the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> if you've got three or four guys that are out of this world and everybody else on that team is not great, yep. you're going to have not great results. Absolutely. I think it's fair years. to say I think it's fair to say that if the Preds don't overperform this past season, just hypothetically speaking here. Let's say they perform exactly how everyone thought and they miss the playoffs. They're like a sixth place team, maybe, or whatever. Then no one's up in arms. Maybe they're not talking about it that much, but gave us that hope and they overperformed and they made the playoffs. And they, you saw all these career seasons for Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg. And UC uh, Soros had it was UC Soros' first full season without Pecorine as his. Mm-hmm mentor and i think that got lost in the shuffle a little bit with all the craziness of this past season i'm sorry but people keep forgetting this was uc soros's first full season without his mentor without mm-hmm. his big brother and yep. he completely i wrote an article about it today and put it on pred lines about his vesna nomination i know he's not gonna win it he doesn't deserve to win it igor shesterkin deserves to win it but all I'm saying is the fact that he got a nomination and the fact that he's got first of many, and I do think he's got at least one Vesna trophy in his future. But my point is it kind of got lost in the shuffle. The fact that this was UC Soros's first full season yep. as the guy, we always knew he mm-hmm. was going to be the guy we saw it coming, but it actually happened this season. Pecorine, he retired. 
We thought maybe he would come back, and then he retired. He decided to retire. He rightfully decided to retire because Pecorine put in a lot of work, and he deserves a happy retirement. But this was his first full season, UC Soros, of not having Pecorine, his mentor, and he was the guy. He was the guy. He started 67 games that led the NHL. And he got, he was outside the top 20 among goaltenders, qualified goaltenders in goal support. Yep. Among qualified goaltenders that had had enough starts, he was outside the top 20 in goal support. Igor Shesterkin, interestingly enough, Shesterkin was also right down there with Soros. Shesterkin didn't get a lot of goal support either from his New York Rangers. So that further uh, solidifies Shesterkin's uh, case for the Vesna. But my point is, Soros did not get a lot of goal support this year. Uh, So that also messes up his numbers a little bit. So you got to start building around Soros. You got to start building around your core. And that's what we want to see. We want to see more bona fide scoring players. And I think we have some of them. I think Philip Tomasino is going to evolve into a great scoring player. Give the kid time. This was his first full season. I thought he looked good this past season. But um, you got some guys coming through the prospect pool. Uh, Kyle, kind of get us caught up a little bit on what you're seeing on that note with the Milwaukee Admirals who are in the playoffs and playing well. Get us caught up on what's going on with the Milwaukee Admirals. So the Milwaukee Admirals, uh, the first two rounds of the AHL uh, playoffs this year are best of fives. Uh, The Admirals beat uh, the Manitoba Moose, who is the Winnipeg Jets affiliate, in uh, their first round matchup, um, which went to five games. Uh, Milwaukee won the first two at home and then got absolutely decimated Mm -hmm. the second two games in uh, Manitoba. Uh, the last game was also still in Manitoba, but uh, Milwaukee came out and uh, through the whole series, they had never outshot Manitoba in a period. Uh, They completely changed up their tactics, all this stuff, and they took it to them the last game and beat them on the road to move on to play Chicago, who, if you all remember, was our shared affiliate with Carolina a couple of years ago. And so basically weird. they are the avalanche of the AHL. Oh. Um, oh, so great. it's a, it's a difficult series coming, but if you look at their, at their scoring in Milwaukee through these first few games, it's a familiar name to the predators. That is the number one overall scorer. That's Tommy Novak mm. with, uh, six points in five games, five assists, wow. one goal. He's been excellent. Very good. Uh, Cody Glass, he missed a few games because of being up in Nashville. He comes in. He has a goal. Uh, one of my absolute favorite prospects, uh, Yuso Parsonen, has came in for this series, came over from uh, HCTPS in uh, Finland. Um and he's played all five games, and he's got two points. He's had his first American Pro point in his first game, and then in his, I want to say, the third game, he had his first North American goal. Awesome. So he's played well. Uh, 
there's a couple of guys who are more AHL guys that have played extremely well there too. Uh, Jimmy Huntington, uh, Braden Burke, uh, both of those guys have had really crucial goals for the Admirals. Uh, Connor Ingram has came back down and played the last two games in net there. Uh, I have how to talk you, of, huh? How did how did uh, Ingram look in the uh, last two games for Admirals? The first game was not as great, but the last game he looked really good. Awesome. Um, he okay. was back to his normal self. He's Connor's been excellent for that team over the year. Uh, if you look at it, uh, you think about how much UC played over the course of the last season. And if you think it's bad and he's been overworked, do not look at Connor Ingram's stats over the last year. Because uh, he, he's been He's been worked pretty hard down there in Milwaukee, and he's held up pretty good against it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of goalies, you got to talk about Askarov. Uh, Yaroslav signed his entry level contract yesterday. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, good news. Yeah. So he is signed through twenty four twenty five, which is an interesting conundrum. Because another goalie in this organization is signed through 2425. UC so Soros. <laughs> yep. So their contracts will be up at the same time. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, hey, Kyle, let's, let's worry about that when it comes, all right? <laughs> yeah. Chad's like, don't do this to me now. I'm still trying yeah. to Don't do this to me now. Course, yeah, but... I have too much to worry about. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good yeah. point. I've already thought. I've already like honestly thought about that though. Like you can't help but think about that. Like you look at Saros's contract, and Not you know sure. he signed for three more years after this year, and everyone wants Eskarov to be the savior. But why can't Saros be the savior too? Like I mean, we have to see how it all works out. Three years is a lot of time to see what happens between both of these goaltenders. We'll, sure. we'll figure out a lot. We'll figure out a lot of it when we see Askarov in the AHL and we finally get to see him play in North America, which we're all ready to see. But I got to tell you, Soros gave me no reason to think that he's the problem in Nashville this past season. No. I, I, oh, he I, had a couple I, bad. Yeah. And I know you're not saying that, Kyle, but. Mm -hmm. I want all the excellent goalies. Give me all the yeah. really good goalies you can have. And I'm gonna be a happy boy. Yeah. Well, like, that's always uh, been that's always been the good problem to have for this uh, press franchise. Uh, mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. I like I like the goaltenders too. That's like my favorite position. I think it's awesome. Yeah. The only nerd. Oh uh, yeah, all the weird little quirks and the different mm -hmm. equipment and uh, I'm sure. the same way. If you look at defense wise in uh, Milwaukee, Jeremy Davies, uh, who I fully expect to be on the Preds next yeah. year. There's, He'll be on the at, Preds next year. Hey, Jeremy's 25, okay. 26 years old. It's time to give him a shot on the big squad. He's got four give me assists a, through five games. Give me a uh, Jeremy Davies, Jeremy Lazan, if they re-sign him. Uh, give me a Jeremy Davies, Jeremy Lazan. So give me the two Jeremys on the third pairing. Uh, mm -hmm. You're probably going to keep – you're obviously going to keep Ekholm around. He's going to be around again. Uh, Fabro's – keep him around i've got i've gotten a lot of questions uh, some questions from followers about fabro and how i feel about him 
everyone knows about how I feel about Fabro. The dude was thrown into the fire so early in his career. He is still yeah. such a baby. And I don't mean baby in a bad way. I just mean he is such a young player by hockey terms. And yeah. so, I mean, it's like everyone is so impatient with Dante Fabro. They just think he should be the second coming of like Roman Yossi. Uh, he's not that type of player, but his no. defense is so important. And he's going to keep getting better. So Fabro is yeah. a total feature it's, of this team as well. It's it's funny. The uh, we have a catfish on ice Instagram account, and we follow the majority of the players. And uh, Fabro put something on his Instagram. Uh, I think it was today. It said year three in the books. You got to think about that. He's only played. You know, he's only like what twenty two. Literally throw. Mm-hmm. He was literally thrown yeah. into the fire playing yeah. alongside PK Subban his first yes. year. Yes. Yeah. For sure. PK Subban was his yeah. line mate. PK Subban was his yeah. line mate. And then and then Poyle's like, oh, he did good. We can just get rid of PK Subban. He can fill his role. It'll be fine. Well, you know that's fine. But I'm saying like <laughs> this organization is a. Much like their goaltenders, this organization knows how to have an assembly line of really good defensemen. And I, I truly believe that Dante Fabro can still be one of those. We just have to be a little bit more patient with him and let let it come to, come to be. Uh, I think he's a tweener sometimes between second and third pairing, but mm-hmm. um, he's still a part of this team next year. So – we really shouldn't be that worried about the defense if Jeremy Davies can stay on his track. Do you agree with that, Kyle, about Jeremy Davies? Like, do you think that as long as he can stay on that track, maybe he can be alongside maybe uh, Jeremy Lazan next year? I don't know what that means for Mark Borowiecki, but, um, yeah. Not good news. <laughs> I th- Make Boro just like the team ambassador or something. Sign him to a lifetime contract of being the team ambassador. I love Mark Morvietsky. I think he's awesome in that locker room. I think he's an awesome presence for these players. I'm worried about the guy with his issues with concussions and all the fights, all the hits to the head. God knows he's not scared of putting his face in front of a puck. Mm-hmm. Um, but if strictly speaking about playing, I would expect to see Davies, Lazan, and Boro on a kind of rotating third pair. Like, yeah. uh, so that's a safe bet. That would mean I, that would probably mean Davies well, would be the one going well, back and forth. Well, we're gonna get to who we think's not coming back. So let's save that for our next segment here. This is episode 129 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. And brought to you by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Before we get to that, we appreciate everyone joining us. The first episode in the offseason. We are not reacting to Uh. where, yeah, the offseason is here, gentlemen. Yeah, let's, Mm. let's buckle in here. All right, before we get to that, we have a lot more to get into here. We appreciate you joining us. Um, first of all, DraftKings has a great offer. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all sports. I totally agree with that. And it really is, like, especially these playoffs, gentlemen. We're going to talk about some of the top takeaways from the first round. 
Tonight is the first night of the second round. We're watching the Tampa Bay Lightning play the Florida Panthers tonight. Oh, they, we're going to talk over. about the Toronto. Ma- <laughs> we're going to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, completely messing up again in the first round. I'm trying to keep that uh, PG the way I say that, but um, <coughs> just keeping it PG. The the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs they uh, they pooped the bed. We'll just, we'll say that the Amber hurt but, in the um, bed. Yep. Yeah. But uh oh really? <laughs> oh, Why is Kyle Perkins no. disappearing? Oh no. I had to good. after what Rich said. That was funny though. I needed All a right. moment. There you go. <laughs> All right. So yeah, new customers, all you gotta do is bet five dollars on any team in these playoffs right now to win and get one hundred and $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details on responsible gambling practices and if you need gambling help please see our show notes for that you can do create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win how many goals will be scored and more it's your shot at an even bigger payout DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash wherever you want which i had a little bit of a losing streak i'm not gonna lie yeah um I bet the last two games of the Preds series on the Preds on the money line, and they let me down. So, do uh, <laughs> Mr. David Poyle, Mr. David Poyle owes me a little bit of money. He owes me forty dollars, uh, twenty dollars a piece no, on each of those money bucks. line bets. Yeah, he owes me forty dollars. I expect that in the mail any day now. Um, but sure uh, I also bet on. I also bet on the. I also bet on the Dallas Stars to beat the Calgary Flames. Uh, on the money line mm. and the flames completely Let, let's actually go back and look rich at our first round predictions are you ready for that all right let's see how we did i'm pulling them up right just now in, just enjoy your DraftKings. kyle and i are unable to use the sports book yet because of our state but we do we are eligible to use the DraftKings fantasy which is fun as well um so hopefully our state will get with it. The daily fantasy is actually more fun. All right, fun. let's go back and look at our first round predictions. Let's first look at the Tampa Bay Lightning Toronto Maple Leaf series. I had Tampa <laughs> in seven. Rich had Toronto in seven. Um, who won that series, gentlemen? I don't know. And how many games did it go? They're cheaters. Did I pick that perfect though? Did, did I pick, pick that. that perfect? You did. All right. Good job. All right. Bully to you, sir. That um, was a fun series, though, guys. Just admit that was, was a fun series. Whether you hate the it teams was. or not, that was appointment viewing. It was great. I mean, you know, I didn't and like how the about outcome. That ga- how about that? How about that game six <laughs> where Toronto was winning? And you saw the five on three controversial. Kyle's rolling his eyes. Kyle, 
Give me your thoughts on this. What do you think about that when Tampa went on the five on three and uh, Kucherov scored and uh, tied the game? It was a bit soft. Um, oh, okay. The high uh, stick? They call yeah. it a high stick? Super soft. Yeah. a lot. There's super been a lot of super off. soft card calls in these playoffs. Yeah. But I got my good friend Matt Best. I've I've made that boy feel so awful. And <laughs> I should probably feel a little worse about it. But uh the poor Leafs fans. I don't know if you've you all saw the gif where the guy is out on the big plaza where all the Leafs fans it. are watching the game. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And he's standing there and he's in a Stamkos jersey. He pulls it off. And he he's like off pulling it off and he's like trying to stuff it in his pocket. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy I respect is it, though. murdered. I respect yeah. him for being out there in the first place. Yep. The cojones on that guy. Um, yeah, I respect it. Yeah. God, think about the Toronto Maple Leafs. They haven't won a first-round series since 2004. I mean, it could be so much worse, Preds fans. It could be so much worse. Yeah. You could be doing that that and have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and all those guys on your team. Yeah, and from the sounds of it, from the things that I saw on Twitter today, they're not going to make too many adjustments in the offseason either. It sounds like they're going to roll it up, roll it again. They think they're a, close. But talk about a really tough first round draw for if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Oh, we get the yeah. two time Stanley Cup champs uh, in the yeah. first round. So um, that was a tough series. It was a it was an entertaining yeah. series for me to watch. I'll be telling you yeah. that right now. But sure. um, I hate it. I hate it for Leafs fans. I, I really do. Like it's tough. Um, Let's go to this next series, Eastern Conference series. That was the Rangers Penguin series. I got to tell a story. So I was out watching the uh, clinching game of that series. And this is a true story. Sitting down by myself, watching this game, having a little dinner, and uh, look over to my left. I, and for some reason, I didn't pay attention to this guy's jersey. I just, he was reacting to the game, Rangers Penguins. He was reacting to the game. And I just assumed that he was cheering for the Rangers. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> and I look at him and I go, God, I'm right there with you, man. I hate the freaking Penguins so much. <laughs> I just want to see them go go away. And he he lifts up his jersey. And it was like a uh, it was like an alternate jersey, like a jersey they don't normally wear. It's isn't a was normal it one blue ones? It was like a uh, it was like a customizable jersey or something. No. Yeah, and he like lifts up the penguins logo and he points it at me like, and he starts laughing. And I go, and I, I start laughing. I look at him and I go, Oh, you're a penguins fan. Well, I still mean it. I still mean it. I hate the penguins. <laughs> he starts laughing and we talk. We have a good talk about the 2017 awesome. cup against the Preds. He's telling me, Oh, man, I was worried about the Preds. I thought they were going to beat us. We had a really good conversation, but we watched the rest of that game together or whatever. And, uh, I guess the point is I've met a lot of different fans of different teams through these playoffs, just seriously since these playoffs started. Uh, I, I work with a St. Louis Blues fan who's a coworker of mine, and so me and him have talked hockey. Like, uh, like It's just really awesome when you talk hockey with other fans, even if mm-hmm. they're a rival team, yep. and when you're in the playoffs – like, I mean, sure. it really does mean more. Like, it's such such a big deal. So, talking to this Penguins fan was uh, 
was a lot of fun, even though I was very happy to see the Penguins lose. But I was a little bit wrong. I had Rangers in six. Rich hit it perfect. Rich had Rangers in seven. Called ding, it. Ding, ding. Nailed it. Yeah. It was a good – that was a good – that was a good series as well. And um, and Rich, just – Rich, go ahead and be honest right now. It went exactly how you predicted. The Rangers were going to be down 3-1, to one, and they were going to come back and win it. Obviously. That's how you predicted. Of course. of course it was. All right. Yeah, it was good to see. I was, I was glad to see them pull it out. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of things up in the air in Pittsburgh now, which is kind of – Things might be changing soon well, for that team. So. One of the big things about that series was uh, Crosby taking that hit. Oh, yeah. Did you guys think that was a that was a pretty dirty hit? Let's be honest. It was, but, man, you got to – when you play the way he does and you, you do that hit he up. does, you got to expect it sometimes. You, get, you dish it out, you got to be able to take it. That's what I meant to say. I like it. I agree. Talking about uh, Shesterkin, it reminds me of uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Whenever he says, uh, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. Yeah, because, he, did. he did. Because he did the little thing early in the series where he's waving bye mm-hmm. to the Penguins fans as he's coming off the ice. Yeah. And then he gets absolutely shelled for like yeah, three games. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, do that. Bad. Bad, bad. But good, Crazy. good prediction by you, Rich. Uh, Rangers in seven, you called that. You hit that perfect. Thank you. All right. I Let's go to the Panthers Capital Series. <clears throat> Speaking of perfect, yeah. I had Panthers in seven. Yep. Rich had Panthers in six. So we yeah. both did pretty well in that prediction. <coughs> we both gave the Capitals... We both gave the Capitals credit, though. We thought the Capitals would push the Panthers, and we were right on that. That was yeah. another fun series. All right. Here's where I was completely wrong, and just I totally underestimated your Boston Bruins, Rich. I'm so sorry for that. Please forgive me. I oh, said God. Carolina Hurricanes in five. I gave no respect whatsoever to the Boston Bruins, and they put me wrong. Yeah, they came back, man. Canes one and seven. Canes one and seven. But I thought the Canes would make. I thought the Canes would have made easy work of the Bruins, and they did not do that. So I was totally wrong on that one. They did a few games. <laughs> you had you had Bruins in seven, though, right, Rich? I did. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if let's that was talk about a, or... Let's talk about another perfect prediction that both me and Rich had, and we both nailed this one. Blues mm-hmm. in six. Let's yep. give ourselves a golf clap for that one. Anyone going to golf clap with me? No one? All right, there we go. Golf clap. Blues in six. What did you guys think about that series? Uh, Kyle, what did you think about the Blues and the Wild series? Because I feel like Central Division team, the Preds uh, played both those teams plenty of times this past regular season. The Preds dominated the Wild in the regular season. I did that. They they showed they could play with the Blues a couple games. What do you think about that series, Kyle? Blues bullied them, pure yep. and simple. The Blues they, they they came in and they straight up bullied the Minnesota Wild. Um, 
It looks kind of like they're doing it to the Avalanche at the moment as well. Do um, you um, do you think that uh, the Wild were not as good as everybody thought they were? I think the Wild were flashier, okay, and a whole lot less substance. Than, there you go. That's a good, very good way to put it. What is well, it? I was saying go all hat no cattle. There you um, go. Uh, they just well, they looked really well, good. People, they looked even better on paper. Yeah. Well, people forget about the St. Louis Blues, and this is kind of why I picked them as six. Is how deep they are. I mean, their top three oh, lines yeah. are mm-hmm. they're ridiculous. Their top three forward lines are just stupid. Like they're right up there with any other Stanley Cup contender as far as their top three forward lines. Uh, the the big question with the Blues is it's their goaltending. Is Jordan Bennington ready to take that next step as a Stanley Cup goaltender? Right. Um, that's kind of a big conundrum. But if they get real, if they even get above average goaltender, just give me B plus goaltending. You don't have to be like elite. Then the Blues can win a Stanley Cup this year. They can steal a Stanley Cup. They could. <sighs> they could. Don't say it. But don't say the words. I still think that. I think the ads are going to knock them out. I do. Even though, despite what's happening tonight, uh, let's see, it's 1-1 right now in the second period. Oh, yeah. uh, score, it was 1-0. Wow. 1-1, yeah, ads just scored. So, Bennington uh, let a rebound come out, and uh, Nishuskin just buried it. Yeah. Man. So, I, I still think the ads are going to take them out in six. That's just my prediction, but – um. Let's go through our first round. Let's finish our first round predictions because I think overall we did pretty good on these. I right. didn't on the our next pre- <laughs> our next prediction was Oilers versus. So we had oil. So I took Oilers Oilers. in seven versus the Kings. I thought the Kings were gonna, were going to push them. I had total. I, I really respected the Kings. I've respected the Kings all season. Go back and listen to early season episodes. I knew that the Kings were one of those young teams that would push to make the playoffs maybe. They've been Mm -hmm. building their team much like we want the Predators to do, honestly, like the same way. And uh, they proved it this year. I mean, if you're a Kings fan right now, you are leaving this season feeling very confident and very uplifted about the future of your team because they pushed the Oilers to seven games – they could have won that series very easily, yep. and they just they ran out of superstars. Is what they ran out of. They ran yep. into an Oilers team that has more superstars than them, and so uh, I originally took seven. So uh, you had Oilers in five. You had no respect for the yeah. Teams, Rich. I just thought for sure that the Oilers were just going to come in and decimate them, but I was wrong. I thought you know. Losing first round last year, they just come in and just take no prisoners, but wrong. Wrong. Here's here's wrong. Mm. I took and Lindsay's gonna be totally happy about this. She's listening right now. Uh, I took the Dallas Stars in six over the Flames, and that was um that was a swing and a miss for me. The Flames uh proved proved to me that they're that they're for real and that and that was such a defensive series, guys. I mean, yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, that series was. Uh, and we didn't get to watch all those games because we were too busy mm-hmm. watching the Preds because they were kind of going simultaneously. Yep. 
But watching that game seven, did you guys watch game seven? Flames and uh, stars. Mm -hmm. I followed along, but I couldn't watch it. Oh, my gosh. So I watched that game, and it was – you're talking about two teams that Mm -hmm. just would not give up an inch of ice. Yep. And then you're watching two goaltenders, both Markstrom and Ottinger, just trade saves, just trade great saves. That's what Lindsay said. She said that uh, Ottinger gave her nightmares. Uh, man, that dude's a real deal. I really like him a lot. Um, so, have you seen his mask where he has the little otter the wearing otter. a cowboy hat on the side of it? Yeah, that's awesome. it's so awesome. Yeah, they have a. I'm telling you, you can get a star shirt that has a little otter on it, and he's wearing like a little stars jersey. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Without yeah. Ottinger, I'm telling you guys, without Ottinger oh. in that series, I'm telling you right now, the stars have been probably over. get swept or they lose in five. The Flames completely dominated that series. They dominated game seven. That game seven, at one point, the Flames were leading in shot attempts 100 to 39. We're not talking shots on goal, just shot attempts. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, the Stars were literally just living on borrowed time and just Mm -hmm. hoping that Ottinger would just, like, carry them. Tell me where you've heard that before as a Preds fan. We saw it in game two with Connor Ingram. So I totally feel the pain of Stars fans right now uh, because yeah. we know how it feels as Preds fans to see your goaltender lay everything on the line and just not get any goal support. Yeah, for sure. That's what happened in that game mm-hmm. seven there for the Stars. I mean. Yeah. Did you um, did you see what uh, Calgary's goaltender told Ottinger when they went through the handshake line? He said, I did Keep not going. see that. What he said, "Keep going. You're the you're uh, you're the future." I would agree oh, with that. Dude's only a awful. little bit more colorfully. It was a little more colorful, but I don't use that language. Well, you, you know, I got I, I'm actually getting chills down my spine right now. So watching that game at the end, just being a competitor and you know, I play competitive sports and stuff. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was so amazing and so cool that when the Flames scored that goal, all of you can you can dislike the stars all you want as a Preds fan, but um, I saw all of his teammates immediately skate right to Ottinger. I think Jamie Ben was the first one mm-hmm. to skate to Ot- to Ottie and basically mm-hmm. just grab his grab his head and grab his neck and and kind of give him like a uh, almost a hug right. basically. <laughs> and um, I mean, it was just like. That that's the kind of stuff that really matters, you know. Like when you see, because they knew that the only reason they made it that far was because of him. So, yeah, uh, sure. and, and as press fans, we know how that feels. Yeah, mm-hmm. we travel so, uh, the same uh, a parallel uh, existence with Dallas. It feels apparently. like sometimes. Rich, you had Flames in five, so you thought it would be an easy series for uh, the Flames. Yeah. The so Flames were we were both dusty. We were people. both wrong on that series. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. And then you know. let's go to our Fred's uh, <laughs> series prediction. How, how generous of us, right? We both gave the Preds a game. We said the Avs in five. Oh my gosh! Oh, they almost got one though. They almost got that one. They did. That OT we weren't that far man. off. We weren't yeah. that far off. All right. Oh gosh, man. We said Avs in five. It was Avs in four. All right. 
I think we did pretty good in our first round predictions, though, overall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a miss on the Toronto, and you had one on Dallas. All things oh, no, considered, I, I think Boston. we did pretty good. I miss Boston, too. That's right. fun. Fun times. Let's let, let's start talking about these 2022, these these all-season friends here, and who we think shouldn't be back next season. Let's first talk about uh, some players that realistically we think shouldn't be back. Let's bring up Nick Cousins first, who is a free agent, who everyone seems to think that for sure he's not going to be back. What do you think, Kyle? Do you think that uh, Nick Cousins still has a place on this team, or do you think he's probably coming back? I do not think he has a place left, and it's probably not a fault of his. Um, he's played the game they brought him here to play, but you can pay your guys coming up from Milwaukee less money to do the same exact job and maybe outproduce him. So I'd say yeah. he's gone. I agree with uh, that. I agree with that as well. I think he uh, his contract <clears throat> was um, – I got the, the old Preds uh, contract thing pulled up. was $1.5 million. I just don't like you said. I think you could get somebody else cheaper from from Milwaukee for sure mm-hmm. to do a, a better, a, a equal or better job. Well, sure. the thing about Nick Cousins is he he's totally a role player. He's a veteran role player, but mm-hmm. he is what he is. Like I mean, he's yeah. not going to. I think Nick Cousins would find a good place for a re, for a for a team that needs like a a role player or needs a veteran. But mm-hmm. for a team like the Preds, who are looking to get younger and they're looking to let their youth flourish, for sure. all Cousins is really doing is taking up space. And I know that sounds bad and that sounds negative, but uh, that's just really what it is. I mean, he's really taking up space at this point. I mean, yeah. he's not doing anything that's going to make you get you closer to the Stanley Cup right now. So Absolutely. might as well, like Rich just said, save a little money, bring up someone – younger who can do the same thing and maybe bring you more. I'm thinking Cody glass mm-hmm. swap out Nick cousins for Cody glass. What do you think about that, Kyle? Cause I know you follow Cody glass a lot. What do you think about uh, a Nick cousins, Cody glass swap going into the next season? I think it's a very good idea. Uh, Cody has looked very NHL ready throughout this whole AHL season. And he's played down there. Um, Kids have been doing a little bit of everything, a little bit of PK, a little bit of power play. Uh, you don't get that many dimensions out of Cousin for one and then just how well he's held up over the course of the season. For sure. Yep. I agree with that. Yep. Glass is I mean, Cousin, our... Well, I mean, it's just like Cousin's never been – has never really been a big goal scorer for this team. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need right now. I mean, for how sure. many more players can you add to this team that are bruisers, quote unquote, or they're physical or they're, they, they'll hit you hard and they, they'll stick up <laughs> for your teammates. That's all well and good, but like <laughs> you got to mix in some guys who can actually score. You actually put the puck in the back of the net. And, and Nick sure. Cousins did not do that enough in this, in no. this time here. Speaking of not. which, Speaking of which, let's go to our next guy. One that 
I mean, I'm sorry, but a lot of people that he was on their um, he was on their shit list. Let's be honest. Luke Cunning. Luke yes. Cunning is a restricted free agent this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, cap hit of two point three million this past year. Um, came over in the Nick Bonino trade, as we know. Um, at the time, I remember liking the trade. I, I'll be honest. Like at the time, I'm like, oh yeah, let's get a swap old for young. Let's swap old for young. Let's get a younger player who still has his future ahead of him. Um, I was hoping with Luke Cunning that he was going to just bring more offense to this lineup as a younger player, and he just doesn't do it. And he also draws a lot of bad penalties. And he has no yes, business sure. being in the top six. No, he does not. Um, I know that <clears throat> I know that Hines kept moving him around, but to try to get some to, to get him going, but it just did not work out. Um, I, I had high hopes as well, but I just it, it's not going to hurt my feelings if he doesn't come back for sure. I mean, he's an NHL player. Like, I'm not trying to say he doesn't belong in the league. Like, he's – but I don't think he's a he, – he doesn't fit on this team the way that he was used this past season is my point. Like, Absolutely. if you can find a spot – if you can find, find a spot for him in the bottom six, I don't know, maybe you can figure it out. I, mm-hmm. I would expect him to probably be on this team next season in some shape or fashion. But um, the fact that – a top six forward was third on your team in penalty minutes and he didn't contribute hardly any offense is a bad sign. I'm sorry. For sure. <laughs> I agree 100%. It's one thing for a player like Tanner Janot to commit a lot of penalty minutes because that's mm-hmm. his style. That's how he plays. And Tanner Janot also brings a lot of value that Luke Cunning did not bring. So yeah. I don't compare the two. Mark Borowiecki, I uh, – was also ahead of Cunning on penalty minutes, the other player. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Mark Borowiecki. Obviously, we know what yeah. he's out there for. Yeah. So that's, that's all he compare the two. For sure. Absolutely. So I don't know. Who else forward-wise? I think it's anybody else you can think of. I think everybody else is. I, well, well, coming back to Luke Cunning real quick, I, I would if, if, if you could figure out a way to move on from him, that opens mm-hmm. up the lineup any more, even more. Uh do you guys think there's a place for Luke Cunning? Do you guys want to keep him? Do you guys think that we should figure out a way to just move him further down the lineup? Or do you think that the team should let him pursue other options out there as a restricted free agent? What do you think, Kyle? I think uh, <clears throat> don't tender him. Mm. There's not really a point in him. Uh You've got so many young, talented guys that could take up that spot. It's yeah. not really the penalties did it for me, and I was really high on him to start the year. It's just it was game after game of bad penalties because of lazy Absolutely. play, and I can take a fighting penalty, I can take a roughing penalty, but these lazy stick fouls that just that's a killer to me. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's where I'm at with it too. 100%. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if he, if he moved on, unfortunately. All right. Let's move on to the defense here. Uh, Matt Benning is, I know Rich, you really like Matt Benning. 
I do, but um, I like Matt Jeremy Benning Lazan better. Going to, <laughs> yeah, well, the thing about Matt Benning is I think it's going to come down to um, the front office is going to be like, look, we like you, but there's just not room <clears> for you. I mean, it, yeah. sometimes it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And it's not really anything you did wrong in particular, but it's just like yep. there's no room for you. For sure. And the Jeremy yeah. Lazan addition at the trade deadline kind of showed that, to be quite honest. If the organization yep. was sold on Matt Benning, then they probably go out and get Jeremy Lazan. Yep. Uh I know that was a very I know that was a very minor deal at the trade deadline, but it did kind of uh send a message that the front office did not have a ton of confidence in their defensive core behind uh, Mark Borowiecki. Obviously, they still have confidence in Borowiecki because they kept playing him. But Matt Benning was kind of the odd mm-hmm. man out after Jeremy Lazan, and then Jeremy Lazan got the injury and missed yep. games, so that forced Matt Benning <clears throat> back into the lineup. But I, if Jeremy Lazan stays healthy, then we don't see Matt Benning there down no. the stretch, in my opinion. I don't think so. I agree 100. percent mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. It's probably like Lazan. It's it, it's probably a pretty safe bet that uh, Matt Benning's not going to be back. I do think Matt Benning has a place on another NHL team somewhere. He's not a scrub. He's a mm, he's a no. typical prototypical third pairing defenseman somewhere. Yeah. I just don't think there's room for him with the National Predators. Absolutely. Hmm. 100% agree. I think he's gone. Gone, gone. <laughs> so Ben Harper is an undra- uh, unrestricted free agent gentleman. You want to bring him back? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I will be co- completely so indignant on Twitter that it will just <laughs> – I'll probably end up with a Twitter vacation for like a week. Kyle, for the sake of, <laughs> Kyle, for the sake of this segment – Ben Harper is an undrafted or not not undrafted, unrestricted, unrestricted. free agent this year. Um, he carried a 2021 cap hit of eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Whoa, expensive, expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ben Harper couldn't play uh, in the overage men's league in Saskatoon beer league. <laughs> Uh, well, it's funny that you say that, Kyle, because the first sentence I wrote in my Predlines article covering this exact topic was, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Predators re-sign Ben Harper on the cheap once again and keep him primarily in the AHL with the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him being on the ads, okay. uh, even though he's not terribly great in the AHL either. Um <laughs> But it's so funny. I mean, how many teams are really going to want him? So it, it seems kind of realistic that David Poyle is like, you know what? We'll throw you another contract. He can stay in the in the in the minor leagues. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ben Harper's like, yeah, I got them pictures. That dirt on you, Poyle. You better give me another contract. Hey, he can keep banking eight hundred thousand dollar checks. Where do I sign up? Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. He's like, I don't want to. I don't want to get paid a million. You got to keep it, make it look like it's you know legit. We'll say. Here's the thing. His playing time really did decrease this past season. Like he didn't play that much for the Preds this season. Like so, they did kind of start seeing like, okay, let's like not play him that much. Like for sure. I mean, 
he wasn't on the NHL level that much this season. And the Jeremy Lazan edition kind of put that to rest, thankfully. Finally. Thank goodness. So that leaves one more unrestricted free agent. Yeah, let's get to David Riddick here. David Riddick, I know Lindsay. I'm so sorry. Lindsay's the big Flames fan, and she loves David Riddick. We love David Riddick, too, because he's a class act. He really is. Mm -hmm. And I really feel horrible for how game one transpired. Oh, yeah. Because, honestly, I don't think it was all on him. He ran to a buzzsaw. The team was not ready around him. He let Absolutely. it by a couple really bad goals. And it just, like, it, it was a literal avalanche against the avalanche. Yes, it yeah. was, for sure. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad. And yeah. unfortunately, that's the last time we're going to see Riddick in a Predators uniform. I think so too. Not only, not only did Connor Ingram come in, he played well. Uh, so I think he mm-hmm. unfortunately may have stolen David Riddick's job. I don't think David sure. Riddick had a job here, even if well, that's true. Even yeah, if yeah, Connor yeah. Ingram doesn't play that great in Game Two, I still think David Riddick's gone. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, Quite I probably. Just, I mean. I think David Riddick's probably going to be a he's going to be a backup somewhere next year, but the whole really he was on a one year deal anyway. So like for mm-hmm. David Riddick, yeah. it was kind of unfair for him, and it kind of like was unfortunate for him that he didn't get enough opportunities in Nashville to no. showcase that he's ready to be a starter somewhere. So mm-hmm. now he has to hit the free agency market. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any teams out there are going to look at David Riddick and think, "Oh yeah, we want we're going to give him starter money." No, no. that's not going to happen, unfortunately. No. So he's going to have to be a journeyman goaltender, and he's going to have to find himself a backup role for another mm-hmm. team somewhere. They're going to pay him cheap, and he's going to yep. he's going to have to hope that someone ahead of him gets hurt, which you never hope for anyone to get injured. Right. But that's what what it's going to take for him to. Um, and I think he has it in him. I mean, he showed it for, for the Preds a couple times this season. He did. Oh, yeah, he and sure he did. Had, sure. He, has mm-hmm. 40 plus, he has some 40-plus save performances. So he did. we know he has it in him. Yep. But it's just not going to be in Nashville. It's not going to be yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. If he would have gotten if he would have gotten some more starts, uh, maybe got to settle in a little more, then maybe you never know what would have mm-hmm. happened. But I just – yeah, it's – they never, they never intended to start him that much anyway, so yeah, a little unfortunate for him. And the thing about the Predators, just to round this out, as far as the free agents and stuff, and talk about the players we just talked about, let's say all those players don't come back. Uh, of, of course, the elephant in the room is Philip Forsberg, which we've been talking about for months and months now. Uh, <laughs> we still don't really know. We're getting some thoughts about we, – we've seen some reports out there that he wants to come back. Indications mm-hmm. are saying that. But, um, I mean, that's all hearsay at this point. I mean, that's all just yep. – I mean, he's going to say those kind of things. His camp's going to say that. Uh, we don't really know. We still do not know what's going on behind, behind closed no. doors. All I can say is the fact – the longer this lingers, the more it tells me they're so far apart that I just don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. But I would love for to be sure. proven wrong on that eventually. But I just I feel like there's too far apart. Yeah. So we'll see. But if he Woo-hoo. doesn't come back, as catastrophic as that's going to be, 
If he doesn't come back, the Preds have a boatload on you to spend. They can go get them a, mm-hmm. a, a Malkin. They can get <laughs> – No, stop it. <laughs> they can get them a Patrice Bergeron. They got enough to get that. Uh, who else? <laughs> they're going to have a lot of money. Let's put it that they way. They have a lot of money, yeah. And, they, and they're definitely going to have to get a high-caliber player with that money for sure to replace Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So open up the pocketbook. Poil, you might have to be getting a getting us an elite player, hopefully. Yeah, because well, Johnny Gaudreau is going to cost eleven. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's going to have to make a power move for sure. I mean, if he doesn't get Forsberg, even if he, but even if he resigns Forsberg, he still is going to have money to spend. The Preds have the ninth most cap room per spot yep. track um right now in the nhl so i mean they've got money to spend like they're they're in a good spot to be aggressive this offseason if they yep. want to be but again everything hinges on for forsberg so yep. Yep. that's that's really what it comes down to i guess we'll find out before uh yep <laughs> Lindsay says johnny's staying in calgary maybe money will make people uh all right things their minds pretty easy Here's how we're going to round out episode 129. We appreciate everyone joining us. First episode yes. of the off season. Let's give our refreshed top two Stanley Cup favorites right now. One from each conference. After watching the first round, let's refresh who we think is going to the Stanley Cup final. Um, let's go to Kyle first before he uh, dozes off. Oh. <laughs> They changed my medicine at the doctor, and I am struggling. It it's is okay. We're late, my butt. we are late. Hey, we're a late night. We're a late night podcast, and all three of us get up early. Kyle gets up earlier than both of us, though. Oh, I guarantee Kyle you. Kyle gets up at like Kyle gets up before the uh, birds get. Up. So yeah, yeah I'll wake them up when I go outside. Yeah, he's so, like, yes. get up, roosters. Get up, you roosters. Yes, but go so we're gonna go to Kyle first. Uh, we're gonna uh, go to Kyle first. All right. Western Conference, Eastern Conference, who are your top two Stanley Cup favorites after watching the first round? You got to go with the Avs. And on the other side, it's a little more difficult because Florida's beatable, Tampa's beatable, Carolina's beatable, and New York's beatable. If um, I got to go with Tampa. just because they were able to, they were able to keep down a really good Leafs team. Uh, if Shesterkin doesn't isn't perfect all the time, New York's not going to win. Uh, I hate Carolina so much that I can't <laughs> say anything nice about them. Oh, did uh, you see? Hey, Kyle. Did, hey, guys. Did you did you see uh, the so Kane's Twitter? Their social media is added again. Trolling people? Did you see that? I knew they were up to something, but I haven't. I can't remember exactly what they said. Uh, I I gotta pull it up real quick. I'll pull it up real quick. Hold on. Yeah, they're up to their old ways. I'll pull it up real quick. Keep going, Kyle. I'll pull it up. I'll let you know. But uh, um, Canes and Avalanche could be a really good series if they end up playing in the Western Final. Um. You just got to hope that Calgary's defense will hold 
I would much rather it be Calgary, but it's looking a lot like Adam, uh, the Avs. Mm, yeah. All right. I mean, those are those are the safe ones for sure. Um, for what I would like to see, I would really like to see out of all in the East, I would like to see the Rangers win. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Shostakovich. What a do lot. you think is going to happen, though, Rich? What do you think? I mean, not what you like likely, to see. More than likely, it's going to be Lightning Avalanche. As much as I hate to see Ooh, it, I'm going to tell you guys something. Yeah. That'd be a hell. That'd be a hell of a Stanley Cup final, though. You have it to would. and and it would be awesome to to watch. And obviously, I'm going to watch every bit of it. But um, last Saturday, when when uh, Carolina and Boston was playing, and they lost, and then um, um, what was the other the uh, Toronto lost? Man, I was like, what a crappy hockey day for me. But mm-hmm. um, it, it was <laughs> it was not good. I was just like bummed out. But um, Safe bets, obviously, Lightning Avalanche. But. I was pulling for Boston. I was. I was. I would love to. That would have been a really oh. good story to see Boston yeah. um, come back and and upset the Carolina. All right, my cup. Yeah. I really. I I want to take Tampa, Colorado too, but that's more for um, selfish reasons because the yeah. entertainment value would be through the roof. Very much. so. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Colorado in the West. I'm not an idiot. I'm gonna go Colorado as well. I I. Unless I'm just trying to be a hot take for for the sake of having a hot take, um, I'm going to have to go Colorado as well in the West. But in the East, it's way more up for grabs, like Kyle said as well. Um, I'm going to go New York Rangers. I'm sorry, they they you. were down. They were Bravo, down. Bro. They were they were beaten for dead. They were left for dead. Everyone was like, they're done. I thought they were done. I was I was so shocked. I was like, wow. <laughs> Like, I totally misunderstood this team. They're not ready for this. They were down 3-1. I couldn't believe the Penguins were just knocking them around like they were. And I think the the Rangers solved the first-round obstacle, and they're ready. I think the Rangers are ready. Kyle's right, though. Shesterkin has to play better, and he has to be that. But he is fully capable. Mm. So... I think Shesterkin is about to throw the Carolina Hurricanes a wrench in their whole plans and win a couple of so. big games for the Rangers. So I, so. I got – I'm going to throw it right now. Rangers, Avs are my new uh, Stanley Cup prediction after watching the I love round. it. I'd I be here it. for that. Yeah, I'd take that. I would, much, sure. I would much rather see Tampa Avs, though, because I think that would be more entertaining. But, you know, we'll be. see what happens. Uh, did you also, also the uh, oh go ahead finish that and then I'll tell no you go that. ahead Rich go ahead oh I was just gonna talk about did did you all see the media interview where they interviewed poor David Posternock after they dude that was awful I oh felt so bad for Posternock he I was like I, I I put something out and I was like couldn't they just give him a pass and not interview him because he just was I mean he almost started crying I felt so bad for him. He had a very rough year, so didn't his uh, his father pass away during the season or something along those lines? Him and his, I don't know if it's his. I think it's his fiance. They had a baby, and the baby passed away like five days Uh, after it was born. That's what it was. They asked him. He's like, they and they asked him about it, and that was the thing. He was like, 
they were like, how high was hockey priority in your life? And he's like, it wasn't very low. And then, you know, how do you, and then they're like, how do you, how did you, how did you pull through it? Yeah. And then like, how did you pull through it? And I mean, he's, he's like, you know, it was, it was horrible. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. I don't like like to hear that at all. I didn't like that. So I just, I just came across that Carolina hurricanes uh, tweet that where they were trolling. They're back to their old ways. Uh, Kyle, this is what they did. They basically made a, uh, a slideshow of all these uh, Bruins fans who tweeted about. Oh yeah. They were going to beat the Canes in the first round. And, um, the Carolina Hurricanes official social media account said, wait till the playoffs, right, Bruins fans? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and these yep. people, these these uh, screenshots they took were not like verified no. Twitter accounts. These are like yeah. random people. And then mm-hmm. they, they did the two sideways laughing emojis. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Canes hey, Twitter, know, they, they, they're still the they're, same they're, up to their old ways. Yeah, they're a piece of work, I'll tell you that. Because uh, – you know, yeah, you did win the first round, but it took you seven games and you almost crapped the bed. So, you know, here's my trouble with the Canes. They like oh, to we play. Don't have any time to talk about all that. <laughs> my trouble. Oh, this is mine is very simple. Yeah. They like to try to play a dirty, heavy hockey game, kind of along the lines of Calgary. Uh, but even more rat-like. But they turtle. Aho and Sveshnikov both do it. They will go out there and they'll spear somebody right in the junk, and then they'll just turtle up and cover up. Yep. And I hate it. If you're go- if you want to do that, be a man and take your whooping. Yep, for sure. You know who else? Trochex. Trochex's oh. bad about it too. He, he's really bad about that. That exact same thing. I agree. Why? That's why we're all. That's why we're all pulling for the Rangers in that series. So we'll see how it goes. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This yes. has been episode 129 of Catfish on Ice, the first episode of the off season. Appreciate you. We will be back next week for a brand new episode as we get into more off season topics, more Stanley Cup playoff topics. Thank you so Thank much. You. This has been your host Chad Minton with co-hosts Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins. Take care, buddy. Take care of there. Be safe. And we will see you later on next week for a brand new episode. Good one. See y'all.